It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Swing and a drive, right field and deep. Back goes Aquino, it's got a chance, gone! Get out the tape measure, long gone! Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. You are listening to Season 2, Episode 40, Cubs Top Tampa Bay. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, Fly the W on Facebook, or email us, Fly the W670 at gmail.com. So Crowley, after a disastrous uh, set of games against the Rays, not against the Rays, against the Reds, the Cubs welcome in the Rays, the best team in baseball, and they... Uh, Take care of him for the most part. Let's get into game one first. Marcus Stroman with a gem against uh, Taj Bradley for the Rays. Isn't it the most bizarre thing? You absolutely did horrible against the Reds and in come the Rays. And you're thinking to yourself, this is just going to be a train wreck. And the Cubs played probably one of their best series that they played in a while. And it all did start with that Stroman start right here. When you talk about, you know, Marcus Stroman versus Taj Bradley, the Cubs win this one, one nothing. Some key takeaways. Obviously, the Stroke Show put on an award-winning performance, a complete game, one hit shutout. Okay, so, I mean, it's, you, you like we said, the Rays come into town. They lead the major leagues in average, hits, homers, and runs. Stroh, no problem. Shuts down the Rays. He pitched a no-hitter into the seventh inning before Wander Franco hit a little bloop single to break it up. He finished the game throwing 105 pitches, so he almost got a Maddox out of that. He had eight strikeouts and one walk. That was Stroman's 10th quality start, best in the major leagues. And according to Jordan Bastian, this was Stroman's first complete game since April 23rd, 2017, and his first shutout since September 8th, 2014, when he was a rookie for the Blue Jays against the Cubs, of course. And of course. so wh- when you take a look at this right here, Marquis put this out here. Since 1998, Cubs pitchers to throw a complete game shutout at Wrigley Field, allowing only one hit. Marcus Stroman did it on Monday night. Jake Arrieta uh, in 2014. John Lieber in 2001. Kerry Wood did it in 2001. Oh, and uh, you might have remembered that Kerry Wood also did it in 2008 25th anniversary of the 20 strikeout game but again just just what Stroman does and you know it was the series against the Mets when he last pitched and we said oh you know he's going to be fired up about the Mets I just think he loves pitching at Wrigley and this is what he had to say after the game he he said I mean go and CG at Wrigley that's like one of the top moments in my career the energy when I walk out there 40 minutes before the game, there's a massive cheering section already. The bleachers are usually filled. Everyone's just ready to roll. That gives me so much momentum and motivation. I can't put that into words. I'm very, very thankful to the home crowd and the fans. I truly, truly think they're the best fans of the game. I'll say that to the death of me. So, obviously. It's awesome. It's awesome. Listen, he's, he's, uh, he's walking the walk. He's talking the talk. He's been very, very consistent other than the one stinker up in Minnesota against the twins. He's been very, very consistent and very, very good. 
Well, the offense was not very, very good, but it didn't matter with <laughs> Strowman throwing that. When that lineup came out, I thought that this was David Ross's attempt to try to give Dustin Rhodes a stroke. Uh, let's let's take a look at this lineup here. Wow. This is Mastroboni leading off, Horner batting second, Hap third, Suzuki fourth, Swanson fifth, then Talkman, Rios, Mervis, and Barnhart. And it was just a, a real head scratcher when you looked at the lineup. I, I, it didn't make any sense. And then when he was asked about it after the game, this was basically a bunch of Dusty Baker gobbledygook minus the man and dudes. I think you're trying to get the big picture, right? He's gotten hit by righties pretty hard this season for sure. My guys would scream small sample police. The sirens would go off, right? You try to balance this with a little bit of like, it's a scattered profile. He doesn't walk guys, but it's scattered. Plate discipline guys. Talkman and Master Buani are in there. Rios getting him in there consistently. Maybe just something to mix things up. I mean, I don't even know what the guy was trying to say. It was like gibberish. He's just he's trying to shake things. He's trying to shake things up. He's trying to prove a point. I don't know what the point exactly <laughs> is, but there's no way there's no way he can be the only one involved in these daily lineups. Now, he did go out of his way to say that he has the final say, but I don't think he has the only say. There's just no way. That was just horseshit garbage. Why would you want Miles Masterboni to bat five times potentially? That makes absolutely no sense, and we will talk about that later in the podcast. But whatever. He got he got bailed out completely by Marcus Stroman. Bailed yeah. out completely. Imagine, imagine losing that game two to one because you can't generate any offense. Imagine the tone of this podcast if that happened. But listen, it didn't. He was bailed out. Let's celebrate what Marcus Stroman did and not worry at this exact moment <laughs> what it was that David Ross scratched out onto a card. Well, again, like you said, it, it worked, but but most of the time you're you know, that was that was we 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 put up how many Cubs have done what Marcus Stroman did. And you're not going to see that that often. And again, it was funny because you and I had talked before. I said you don't men win many games one nothing, and you and, and here's one. Here's one for the books. So next time you ask me when the last time it happens, I got it locked in my head. Yeah, but, we won't uh, forget that anytime soon, no doubt. The Cubs' offense had three hits. They drew two walks. He had five base runners all game in the bottom of the fourth. Say a single to third and advanced to second on a throwing air. It was weird because. This whole series, when you talked about the Tampa Bay Rays, awesome offense, great pitching, great defense, but the offense wasn't there for 98% of the series. And, 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 and there was a couple big errors that cost Tampa Bay, and, and this was one of them. That throwing error after uh, Saya singled, uh, it, he was able to get to second. He made it to third on a deep fly ball by Dansby Swanson and scored on a Mike Talkman sack fly, and that's enough to win the game. Right. Let's That's so to... not like Tampa Bay at all. That's so not like them. No, not at all. And and, and this is where we, we want to come back to Stroman, Dustin, and I wanted your opinion on this. The question that's going to keep coming up all season is, is what to do with Stroman. He has an opt-out at the end of the season. We've heard that the extension talks. Where would you put it as a fair comp? What would you be willing to pay? Because as I kind of look deeper into this stuff, I was looking at Joe Sheehan's newsletter the other day. Strowman's 32 years old, and get this, four out of the five Cubs starters are at least 31 years old. Now, that's including Hendricks, not Wesniski. But they have the ninth oldest pitching staff in all of baseball, Dustin. Do you, are you, wh where are you at on Strowman? Do you want him to be the anchor, or would you, if he's pitching like this, could he bring a King's Ransom in? I don't rush. That's for sure. I'm not in a rush to, to, to extend him because of what you just said, because if he continues to pitch the way he is, he will bring you a King's ransom. Age is not on his side. Um, I, I would, I think be okay with uh, four years, a hundred million dollars, 25 million a year for four years. Wow, that, that's that what I, that's what I would be okay with because it's not my money. Number one. Um, number two, based on the staff that you have, um, you know, Kyle, you're not doing anything long-term big time with Kyle Hendricks, right? You're, you're working Justin Steele on a cheap deal right now. 
Um, you're got an anchor around your neck with Jamison Tyone. We'll get to him at some point in this podcast, but uh, I would be in no rush to extend him because you don't have to be. Okay. You could say it's bad business. He can have a bad, he's not, he's going to continue to go out there and do try to do what he did on the holiday because he is in a contract situation. But I think, I think he's a hundred million dollar pitcher. I think that's what he's got coming to him. The question is, do you spread it over four years? Do you spread it over three? I, I wouldn't go more than four, but you don't have to rush. And if the Cubs are in a bad spot, well, then really consider trading him because he's going to bring back a mammoth amount of talent. Let's hope. Well, game two, I was there uh, last night. Uh, Kyle Hendricks versus Shane McClanahan. And the Cubs win this one, two to one. So they win the series. It didn't look good on paper. Shane McClanahan, one of the best pitchers in baseball, undefeated up to this point, versus Kyle Hendricks making his second start coming off the IL after missing a year because of a shoulder injury. Hendricks looked closer to the Kyle that we remembered going five innings. He gave up six hits, one run, three walks, and three Ks. But he had the raise hitters off balance. I was looking close, man. That changeup was looking really nice. He's able to induce some double plays when he needed to, like in the second when he um, – he got Francisco Mejia to hit into a double play with two on and one out. Defense was also clutched behind Kyle making a few key plays in the first with two on and one out. And you know, Kyle always struggles a little bit in the first there. Uh, he Brandon Lowe singled out a ball up the middle that Nico stretched out for, and he, he tried to flip it to Swanson. He couldn't make the play, but Swanson like scooted to get the ball and threw it home. They got Wander Franco out at the plate, which was a really awesome play. The Wrigley was going nuts on that one. So Top Swanson, of- massive heads up play, but hold on. We did this on the show today as well. And I can't believe you're going to go right past. If that had happened to us, meaning the Cubs, we would be having an absolute, you know, what fit right now. He was, he was safe. That's a bad call. He was, they ruled him out because he was called out. If he would have been called safe, he would have remained safe. He was safe. It, it, it was, he was safe. It was not blocking the plate. They also tried to challenge that, but he was safe. It was late. It's a great play. I'm happy it went the Cubs way, but let's not just gloss over it. Okay. It's a heads up play by Swanson, but replay was wrong. They got it wrong. Unfortunately. Well, I can only tell you I'm or at the fortunately. game. So I'm, I'm at the game and I'm watching off the jumbotron. So I don't know what you guys are seeing at home um, from, from what we saw. And it, it, it was a really, really long replay. This did this one took a while longer than it should. And I've noticed that for the most part, replays have been going pretty quick this season. Uh, I think that replay, do you remember when, why replay came up? Uh, that tiger pitcher had a perfect game and the guy completely blew it on the 27th out the umpire. It was an egregious call. And that's what they're made for. They shouldn't be for bang, bang. Was a guy uh, pop up a quarter of an inch of off a plate when he was sliding to set. If you can't tell in 10 seconds if it was safer out than the call on the field stands, that's how it should be. So I didn't see anything that could overturn the call on the field. And I think that baseball and football and any other sport that has replay does better that it should just be for egregious calls. And if you can't figure it out in 10 seconds, then the call on the field stands. I don't right. need to see super yeah. slow. I'm just saying, it just I mean, w- the way they showed it on Marquee, I was I was watching on my couch. I don't get to go to the games like you, Crowley. Um, he was he was safe. Okay. And I, because I, I, if I he would have been, if you same way, if he would have been called, if he would have been called out, it would have stayed out because he was called safe. It stayed safe. Right. That's all. I, I agree 100. percent And and I like I said, I think I like that Major League Baseball is sticking with. If you, you know, if there's no indisputable evidence, call on the field stance. That's the way that replay should be, in my opinion. Um, and so that was a big play. Say I had a nice sliding catch to Rob Harold Ramirez of a hit. After the game, Hendricks said of his outing, felt much more like myself from the start, had a much better game plan going in, felt much more comfortable out there in general. I thought it was a good start for him to build on after the first start. And so every game you hope to see Kyle doing a little bit better offensively, a lot of the same old struggles. The Cubs scored two runs on eight hits, went one for seven with runners in scoring position. They left eight men on base and made some base running blunders. Nico hit a solo shot in the first, uh, on the first pitch that he saw. That ball, Dustin, that home run, it was a home run only at Wrigley Field, but at no other park. But guess what? We're at Wrigley, so good, yep. good for that, though. 
Also we'll in the it. first, we'll take it. <laughs> also in the first, Ian was thrown out at third, trying to be too aggressive, trying to advance on a ball in the dirt with runners at first and second and one out. Uh, the Cubs got their second run in the sixth when Ian led off the inning with a double that the right fielder and second baseman did not communicate on. It was beautiful, Dustin. I pulled the old, I got it, I got it, and both guys <laughs> pulled up, and the ball just dropped in. But but you know what, man? The, cheers on that one because that, that ball was run out. Do you get what I'm saying? Yep. And so happens up at second on that play, and so good good base running on Hap. He didn't lollygag it, you know? Yeah. Uh, Say struck out. Trey Mancini grounded out, which moved Hap to third, but with two outs. Mike Talkman, the pride of Palatine, of P Town, hit a clutch single that scored Hap and gave the Cubs a two to one lead. So for the second straight day, Mike Talkman making some offensive noise. But here's the thing, Dustin. You're 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 holding on by a wing in the prayer. In the eighth, the Cubs loaded the bases with no outs on singles by Dansby and Ian Suzuki walked uh, against righty reliever Trevor Kelly. Now, if you watch this guy pitch yesterday, Dustin, he has this really funky sidearm delivery. I thought that Ross should have gone with Mervis. I think he would have had a better angle at him. And instead, he stuck with Mancini, who hit into a 6-2-3 double play. Shortstop to catcher to first. And the Cubs would not score with the bases loaded, no outs. And that's where we keep talking about stress on the bullpen. In yeah, instead it's of a, it's a, it, listen, it's a continued issue, you know, and that's why some days – Crawley, we're going to be really happy and we're going to be high-fiving and sending each other positive texts about the bullpen. And other days we're going to be like, what's with this bullpen? But it's because it's taxed. Yep. And for all the struggles, they were good on Tuesday night. Merriweather came out first, followed by Mike Leiter, Mark Leiter Jr. and Albert Alzali, and they just shut down the race. Merriweather gave up one hit. Leiter looked excellent picking up the hold. And Albert Alzali got the six-out save, striking out four of the six batters he faced. So I thought that David Ross actually utilized the bullpen fine. I don't want to see Merriweather before the seventh inning unless it's a blowout. Well, like right. Lark- that's what I was, but that's what I was concerned about last night, right? That that's what I, I was like, ooh, man, Mary, you know, Merriweather. Oh boy. That 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 had me a little had me a little tight, Crowley. I'm to okay in the sixth inning, which is when right. he came out, because right. God forbid something gets screwed up. You have a few innings to come, you know what I mean? It's not like when he's coming in in the seven, eight, nine. And so oh, I, I yeah, thought it was. You better not be in the eighth or ninth unless it's a no. Yeah, so that's we can what agree we're on that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, coming into the series, Dustin, the Cubs were two and ten in one-run games, the worst in MLB. With Tuesday night's win, they improved to four and ten in that category. It wouldn't last into game three, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it would not. And in this one, the uh, wrap-up game this afternoon, Justin Steele against Zach Eflin. Yeah, you know, boy, you would think taking two out of three from the Rays would have us jumping up and down, but this is one of those that even if they swept, we would have been a little bit morbid because Justin Steele started the game. He's rolling along, and then in the top of the third, David Ross and trainer Nick Frangella come out to talk to Steele on the broadcast. They show him shaking his arm. Hayden Wisniewski got up, but then he sat down, and Steele finished the inning but he was pulled after the inning was over. The Cubs were reporting it as left forearm tightness. Still get an MRI tomorrow. So, I mean, this is the worst possible situation that could have occurred here, Dustin. Well, f- fingers crossed. And where I'm going to say glass half full is he was upbeat. The Cubs seem to be upbeat. Jed Hoyer's doing uh, an inning and a half on marquee. And we heard from Justin Steele after the game. So usually if a guy's in really bad shape, you're not going to hear from him after the game. Um, okay, maybe he skips a start. Okay, maybe he skips a start. Let's see what the imaging is. He knows his body better than anybody. I hope he's not lying. But, yeah, of course, you get a little sick to your stomach feeling when that happens. But based on the fact that he talked and looking at his body language, I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust him on this one. I, I'm going <laughs> to... Athletes are a weird breed and you get adrenaline and you get all sorts of stuff and, and they want to be the toughest guys out there. I could just tell you, we heard the same thing about um, Cody Bellinger after the knee thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew, it's fine. It's I knew that's a, where you're going to go. And I I'm, I'm with, with you. you. I know I'm with you. You're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I just, that's a, that's a great, that's a great comp. It's a great comp. It's a great place to go with this based on what we're talking about. Totally. Totally. I'm, I'm hoping you're right. Okay. 
<laughs> and I guess it's hard for me because for me sometimes, and I get close to some of these players and I get to meet them and get meet their families to, for Justin Steele to, to have been doing what he's been doing. I mean, we were, we were talking at one time, maybe even an all-star starter, but definitely making the team. It's just, you, I mean, my stomach just turns right now. And so I'm just hoping for the best, but I get nervous when the Cubs are kind of like, Oh, no problem. Sure. Everything great. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, come. yeah, that's a good yeah. cop. I mean, they, they said that, um, they said that Cody Bellinger was going to be available to pinch hit, I think, on a right. Wednesday or a Thursday, and then all of a sudden he goes on the DL. And now and now we've got uh, Carter Hawkins telling MLB Radio that it's going to be another two weeks. Right. Who knows? It's, it's a disaster. So the good thing is Hayden looked very impressive, in my opinion. Yes, this wasn't the Hayden Wesniski we saw. This was Hayden Wesnasty. I hadn't seen the ball move like that at all this year at all. This was the first time I saw what I saw last season, what I saw in spring training. He went 3.2 innings pitch. He gave up one quote unquote hit that, sh you know, should have been scored an error on Swanson. That was, I think that was the old, what would he say? A home call score. You know what I mean? I mean, that right. was, I don't know. He walked two, he struck out four, but I wanted to ask you about this here, Dustin, because in the seven with two outs, Manuel Margot walked on a close pitch and Ross instantly, I mean, like without hesitation, goes and runs and grabs Mark Leiter Jr. Now, let's look at it this way. Mark Leiter Jr. has easily been one of the top two relievers that the Cubs have had. But did you think it was early to give Wesniski the hook? I, well, I, I don't know. I don't know the last time Wesniski pitched down in the minors. Um a little bit. I mean, maybe, maybe if I don't have the book, I mean, it didn't work out. So if it didn't work <laughs> out, then of course, but you know, maybe somebody coming up in the next batter or two had a history with Hayden or something and, and lighter had an opposite split something. We'd have to look into that, but that, yeah, that, because it, it's not going to work out. So yeah, it was too soon. That, 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 that is what it was, is that lighter had much better numbers against lefty, which is what Margot was going to be hitting. No, no doubt about that. I just wonder sometimes though, when you just look at straight numbers, which is something you could easily do. No, no doubt about that. But when you're looking at the numbers, are, are you seeing what's in front of your eyes? And, and we've talked about Joe Madden coming and I can't wait for this at club 400 August 17th for, to benefit special Olympics. But yes, yes, uh, in all honesty, if, if Hayden was looking tired, in my opinion, then that's absolutely the right move. I just thought from what I saw him throwing, and like I said, being the best I've seen him all year, yes, uh, I think Hayden Wesniski, uh hitters hit 300 off of him, lefties, and righties hit 100 off of him. So, I yeah. mean, there's clearly, uh, and, and we've talked about lighter, and he has really good numbers against lefties. He has those reverse splits. No doubt about it. But what you saw today, I guess, would be what my question is, is that when you see a guy that looked as good as he was doing, I thought that Madden was very quick to run out and make that move based not on, I, I would say Ross, not just. Ross, Ross was. I'm sorry. Ross was very quick to make that move just based on the numbers and not with what Wesniski was throwing, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I don't disagree. And it ends up not working out. So, listen, I, I'm all for you know, questioning David Ross. I'm, I am, I'm here for that Crawley. I'm here. <laughs> that, like you said, either way, Leiter gave up a home run on the second pitch. He threw to tie up the game against low Cubs would retake the lead in the bottom of the seventh, but with Leiter still in the game in the eighth, he walks Taylor walls and then gives up a two run Homer to Jose Siri. He faced four the ninth hitter, the ninth hitter in the lineup. I, I will say this. They have a lot of guys that even if they're the ninth hitter, they have a lot of guys that have nine or 10 home runs all throughout that oh, yeah. lineup. They got, they got it. They, they're they a talented can, bunch. They can slug. That's something that they hadn't been doing. And they, they definitely got their slug going today at Wrigley. Right now, when we talk about the offense, first inning was fun. Nico with the leadoff single stole second Ian single to make it one, nothing. He steals second. And after say was called out on a bull crap call, the ump was awful today. I'm not saying that it's, it's, I'm not saying that it is the reason the Cubs lost, but it sure as hell didn't help with, with that guy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'll tweet that out tomorrow just to kind of see what, what the umpire scores, but I'm guaranteeing it's below average in everything. Talkman continued to torment the Rays with an RBI single to make it two to nothing. 
But after the first, Eflin settled down. He gave up only one more hit until Sale let off the seventh with a double. Talkman bunted him to third. Trey Mancini hit a rocket that drove in Sale, but Mancini would be thrown out at second. But the Cubs retook the lead three to two. But as we talked about earlier, Leiter is going to give that lead up, and the Cubs will be down four to three on that two run homer. But then the Cubs had opportunities galore in the eighth, in the ninth, in the bottom of the eighth, down four to three, and runners at first and third. You have your best quote unquote hitters. Dansby Swanson is up. He strikes out. You can't do that with one out. You can't out. strike out. You can't. With, you cannot strike out there. With you one out, you have to make contact. You have to make contact. And he doesn't. Uh, Nico would steal second, and they have runners at second and thirds with two outs. Ian Happ is called out on a close call on a 3-2 pitch. I've seen a lot of arguments all over social media. The guys were talking about it on the post-game show, Dustin. They that they said that was the most egregious call. I felt it was it's so close of a call that until close. they get the ABS system, right. you you got you can't close. just take that, you know. Yeah, I thought it was close too. He should have swung. Yeah, that that was my opinion. And then in the ninth, with runners at first and second, Patrick Wisdom hits into a tailor made five six three double play. But Isaac Parade has made some error, and everybody was safe. Dustin, if the Cubs win this game. We would have talked about three errors that cost the Rays in each of the three games. Right. Because you wouldn't have felt the, great about you wouldn't have felt great about it, but you'll take it. Oh, I would have felt great about it because I would have <laughs> never had the Cubs sweep in this team. And you know what? Hey, Dustin, that's what good teams do is take advantage of other teams' errors. You're right. Yeah. You they don't win, allow well, you good, to do good that. teams. Good teams win one run games. Right, and they make you pay when you make a mistake. You cannot make a mistake. With a against a good team and not have have make you pay and the Cubs didn't make the Padres pay so the air you got the bases loaded and one out I thought Miles Masterbuani had a uh, Bonnie had a great at bat he struck out it was tough and then Jan Gomes hit one pretty hard Arosa Rain is a great left fielder and he he makes the play to end the game but you know runners in scoring position and clutch hitting and I wanted to bring this up really quick here Dustin I got this. Here I saw it on Twitter, and I didn't have a chance to cross-check it, but I've seen similar before. This is from Sean underscore Foss. In high-leverage moments, the Cubs are slashing 229, 309, 332 at the plate. That is awful. From the mound, pitching in high-leverage moments, they allow a slash line of 280, 358, 476. We talked about this in the last podcast, Dustin, is this is a team that's lost a lot of one-run games. It's a team that hasn't won a lot of come-from-behind games. This was, so, like I said, eighth and ninth inning. You could have come back and won this one, and this team just doesn't seem to have the clutch gene in it. Yeah, they don't. They're, they're missing it. It's not, it's not there. And it, and it feels like that. Yeah, I, whenever these kind of situations happen, Crowley, I feel like I can hear Theo in the background. The offense is broke. The offense right. is broke. And this is a new group of guys we're talking about too. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm happy that the Cubs did well. If you remember when this season started, I, I pegged this team at about an 84 win team, which is three games above 500, not a huge amount, but that's what you get with 500 teams is that there will be times where they look like they did against the Reds on Memorial day, where they look like absolute crap. And there's other times that they surprise you and play a pretty good series against uh, one of the best teams in baseball. And that's the frustrating thing. When you have a garbage team, you know you're probably going to lose most team, most games, most series. When you have a really good team, you expect to win every series. When you're talking about a 500 team, you, it, it's a crapshoot every time out there. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And unfortunately, Crowley, I think we're going to be celebrating that this team gets to 500 again. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season number two. It's episode 39, Cubs Top Tampa Bay. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe 
to the Fly the W podcast. Crowley, uh, I thought of you immediately when I saw this news. You are like uh, Captain Bobblehead. You're also a big Billy Williams guy. And the Cubs made a huge mistake. Yeah, you know, it was uh, during the Memorial Day weekend, which was just an absolute disaster for the Cubs getting swept by the Reds. And not only that, they have Billy Williams bobblehead day. So, of course, bobblehead nuts like me are all excited. This whole statue series is a really cool concept. Idea is brilliant. So everybody gets, you know, gets the, the, the bobblehead. They take the package out. And on the back of Billy Williams, arguably, you could say easily, without question, a top five franchise player. They have his jersey number as number one. And you say to yourself, boy, if there was only some way you could figure out to double check what his number is. I don't know. Look out the window and see the flag hanging from the foul pole that says 26 Williams on it. How do you screw that up, Dustin? How do you right. screw it I up? Mean, the, 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 you just, I mean, his number, his number flies at your stadium. Flies <laughs> at your stadium. Doesn't make much sense at all. Not only that, Dustin, this got overlooked, but they also said his the jersey was retired in 2000. And that was inaccurate as well. I believe it was 2009. So uh, it's, it's one of those things that when your team's doing good, you kind of roll your eyes and it's no big deal. But when the team's looking bad, it's like, how do you, how, Jesus, this is, this is, you cannot make a mistake like that. That, that is something that to me is, unacceptable. And I know I, I am kind of more in the weird bobbleheady type guys, but you're telling me you can't get the Jersey right of one of your best ball players. That, that that's an issue. I, I, somebody have had, had to have signed out on that, right? They, they, what happens, they make a, they have a make a mold and you look at it. And when you make sure everything's right and you sign up, somebody signed off on that. So I would hate to be the person whose name is on that signature right there. Yeah, that was really, really, really bad. <laughs> and so what the Cubs have offered to do is they offered to take you to exchange your bobblehead for one that has an accurate number. So they are going to, I don't know if they're going to buy a full 10,000. They're going to buy a, a, at least six or 7,000 new bobbleheads and have them remade. And like all Cub fans love to hear, wait till next year, you can get your bobblehead and exchange it for the proper one. It's funny because I know people that work there, and so sometimes they have bobbleheads, and they bring them to the 1914 club. They bring them to the suites. They bring them to different places, but not everybody, you know, takes them or wants them or whatever, and so they have leftovers. Right away after this blows up on social media, they were taking the boxes of any extras and confiscating them, and any so, so, they're, so they're trying to get all these up that they can as quick as possible. Yeah, really, really embarrassing. Really an embarrassing, embarrassing moment, especially Crawley, as you said it, and I will say it again, the guy's number flies <laughs> in your stadium. All right, I did not realize this, Crawley, because I was outside enjoying the nice weather, as were you, on Memorial Day, but Marquis missed the breakup of Stroman's no-hitter. Yep, they came in late. They're always doing kind of this one dumb – Okay, Dustin, you work in, in the, the sports radio industry and all that stuff. Unfortunately, gambling is just everywhere. It's ubiquitous now in, 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 all, of, in all of sports talk. And so if you ever watch a, a marquee, if you have the opportunity to watch a marquee game, they always have these guys kind of coming in, and it's Cole Wright, and then it can be whatever player, whether it's Ryan Dempster, Sean Marshall, or Cliff Floyd, or whoever, and they, and they do these parlays and all this stuff. As that's happening, Wando Frank, Wander Franco breaks up Strowman's no-hitter, and they missed it while they were doing this segment about parlays. And yeah, so that's, that's just too that's just it's just unfortunate. Really, really is. Really is. And, and you know, you know, we love everybody over at the Marquee Network. Great people, but you can't it's it's, it's the same thing as the Billy Williams thing. You can't do that. You know, if, if the game's a blowout. You shouldn't miss any moment of the game to listen to some retired ball players parlays, but you, this is a game with a, a no, with history on the line and, and you, you're not watching that. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's inexcusable. 
So we'll see what happens. Now, we do have some uh, roster moves in an injury report here. Surprising move, Hayden Wisniewski was called up and Michael Rucker was optioned to Iowa. Since May 14th, though, Rucker's pitched four times and has given runs up in each of those outings, including five against the Mets on May 25th. Ross said the long-term goal for Wisniewski is to be a starter. We're trying to get the most talented pitchers we can from down there, meaning Iowa. Stretching Rucker out consistently lately, his sucking down some inning for us was awesome, but just giving him a little bit of a break. But uh, it doesn't look like uh, God. I mean, like I said, I'm trying not to be negative. Hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully Justin Steele will be back and everything. It'll just be maybe one start, but it looks like Wesnisky may be in the rotation quicker than we thought. Well, it's a good problem to have, I guess, right? You've, you've got him. You also have Assad who can probably make a start if need be. So yeah. um, worst case scenario, you could do some kind of an opener with Wisniewski and Assad if that was the course of action that needed to be taken. Brad Boxberger has played catch on Sunday and Monday, took Tuesday and Wednesday off. They want to see how his arms, forearm is feeling. And then Cody Bellinger, Mr. The Knee is not that bad, is doing some cage work and throwing. Um, I don't know at what point he's coming back. You, you know, you heard something from Carter Hawkins. It said even longer. I mean, we're at the point over now the, where over the holiday weekend, he was on with major league baseball radio, MLB network I'm, radio and said two more weeks. So you're going to have to wonder if he's going to need a rehab start, if he's going to end up in Iowa before coming back with the Cubs. You got to think. And then speaking of Iowa, we still have Cody Hoyer screwing around over there. It's like, what, what, what is taking, what, let's go. Right. I mean, can he throw an inning? All, all you need the guy for is an inning. Can he do I that up here? They're going to be as careful as they can with him. He's coming back from that, from Tommy John. The plan was always mid June. I think that's probably when you see him is after the first week of June at some point in time, they're, they're going to be careful. You know, you, you got to remember with guys like that, uh, you know, you want to be careful. You've waited this long to re- have him recover and you want it to be a long-term successful recovery. You are throwing more intense innings up here. It's harder to get out, a lot more pressure. I, there, I ho- I'm hoping everybody that was screaming about Morrell and screaming about uh, Mervis and all this stuff and, and all the times they scream for people, understand there, there is a huge jump between the AAAs and major leagues. So you're just going to want to be careful with that guy and not do anything dumb. And I'd rather err on the side of caution. I know it's frustrating, but it's even more frustrating if that guy's arm blows out and, and you just wasted all that time and one of the most important trade trips from the uh, Craig Kimbrell trade, in my opinion. After the uh, series with the Rays, the Cubs are going to get a day off. They're going to go west now for a big uh, West Coast trip. Padres, uh, Angels involved in that one. What, where do the Cubs stand right now? Yeah, good thing they get the off day, and hopefully they can kind of recover. But the loss today, I believe St. Louis still plays a little bit later. But as of right now, the Cubs are in last place. Just, uh, you know, they've been jockeying with St. Louis for that last place right there. Percentage points. Percentage percentage points. points, 4.5 games back. Then Cincinnati, three games back. You saw Cincinnati put a thumping on the Boston Red Sox last night. So, again, sometimes you hit teams when they're hot. Looks like that's what the Cubs did, unfortunately. Pittsburgh still staying alive, three and seven. They're at 500. How much longer they stay above 500? I don't know. But the NL Central has Milwaukee in first place, two games over 500, four and just six. Just bad division. 10. Just fortunate that they are in a you know what poor division. That is but so right. I put these numbers up here, Dustin, and I'm looking at this, and and usually run differential is a pretty good indicator. But in this division, Milwaukee's run differential is negative 26. So they've allowed 26 more runs than they've scored for a first place team. That is like wacky. And with the Cubs and Cardinals, the two last place teams, they're positive run differentials, St. Louis at seven and the Cubs at five. So just, and then St. Louis is in third with a negative 23 run differential. It's, it's, it's nuts. I, I don't even know what to make of it. But the Cubs will be taking on, like you said, the Padres. So the Cubs took two or three from the Rays, and now the Padres are going to be finishing off a series with the Marlins in Miami before flying home to San Diego. So they have a game against the Marlins today, and they have a game against the Marlins tomorrow during the day. So they're going to finish that game against the Marlins. Hopefully it goes 15 innings, and then they'll fly all the way back to San Diego. (laughs) So that's always the hope there. But with San Diego in the West right now, to say they're, I mean, they are a disappointment right now. They are, you know, 
you take a look at that team and they, they've got, they bought everybody, right? They signed extensions for everybody. They made Manny Machado part owner and then they find themselves eight games back in this division. They're, they're, they're behind Arizona, San Francisco and, and the Dodgers, you know, it's, it's not good for the Padres. So who, who knows what's going to happen? And, and, and hopefully the Cubs, the main thing we want to do is have them continue to take series. And that's what they did the last time they played San Diego. They took two or three, Justin Steele and the offense took down Ian Snell, beating the Padres 6-0 to game one. They dropped game two, 5-3. Juice Smiley pitched well against Michael Walker, but the bullpen couldn't hang on. As, uh, this was, I think, if you remember, Fernando Tatis Jr. had just come back from his suspension and all that stuff. Uh, he drove in two in the seventh and one in the ninth for a come-from-behind wind. And the Cubs took the rubber match of the series. Hayden Wisniewski had a solid start. The bullpen held on, and the Cubs won against Seth Lugo with home runs by Nelson Velasquez and Dansby Swanson. That was Dansby Swanson's first home run in a Cubs uniform was in that game. So hopefully they can do what they did last time and take two or three. But it's Could one you, of my favorites, four-game series. Or, uh, I was going to say, they got to take three or four, Crowley. Got to take three or four. <laughs> three or four. But they, had a know, weird, they got a weird, weird stretch here in the next three weeks. Weird stretch. Yeah, this it really sucks. I, I one of these days, I just want to meet what whoever makes a schedule for MLB and just kick him in the shins because it's just. Well, it also every, sucked. I got to be honest. It, it sucked that Shohei Otani and Mike Trout were in Chicago the same time the Cubs are hosting the Rays. That also sucked. Yeah, you know it's what are you going to do? And if you want to talk about sucking, I don't know what to say about Jamison Tyone. Um, I, I look, I think he's going to get better. I don't think he's, I well, mean, he can't like he's, get worse. Can he? you, I mean, you he say he can't get, get worse. You can he can't get, get worse. worse, but the problem you have is what if he stays like this all season? That's, that's my concern. What we need is for him to turn around. Uh, he has started eight games and the Cubs have lost all eight games that he has started against Cincinnati. I didn't think he did horrible for him. He made it to the fifth inning, 4.2 innings pitched. Gave up six hits, four runs, one walk, five Ks. That was a lot better, I think, than he did against Philly and, and you know, a little bit better than how he, you know, roughly about the same how he did against Houston. But he, you know, this is a guy that with, with what, you know, God knows what happens to Justin Steele, but this is those type of situations where he is going to have to pick it up. You know, he's got to start to earn some of that $68 million. Yes, he does. You clock know, is so ticking, Crowley. The clock is ticking. And then we get to see Michael Waka again. I did not like how the Cubs played against Michael Waka last time. I thought it was it was uh, they didn't do well. He is five and one with a three forty five ERA. He started ten games against the Yankees. He did pretty good, and against Boston and KC. So the guy's been on a roll as of late. Seven innings against the Yankees, he gave up two runs. In Boston, he went six innings, gave up zero runs, and against KC, he gave up zero runs in seven innings. So the guy has been pretty darn good lately. You know, he's 31 years old. He's been around, but he's having a pretty good season for San Diego, and they've really needed him so far. Yeah, I am really looking forward to uh, game number two of this series, Crowley. Oh, I I, I kind of had a feeling you, you would be mentioning something about that. Drew Smiley, Mr. Dependable, Mr. Consistent, has started 11 games, 5-2 and two for the Cubs with a 345 ERA. Last start against Cincinnati we talked about is uh, uh, nobody really did good against Cincinnati. 4.2. Gave up seven hits, five earned runs, two walks, and two Ks. Against the Mets, five innings, four hits, two earned runs, two walks. And against Houston, he had that good one that the bullpen blew, six innings, four hits, one earned run. I'd like to see him go six innings and keep the runs down personally. I think we well, need a big start from him. <laughs> I think, I think, I, think I mean, you want that just in general, but I, right. I guess I, I feel like there's more pressure with, with steel being unknown, what's going to happen with that. Right. So you, okay. here, here's the situation. And this goes with Tyone. It goes with steel. I don't worry about it as much with Strowman and with Hendricks, he's coming back. But the, the issue we talk about is these guys have to start giving you length. You cannot keep doing this to the bullpen. Right. So at some point, somebody has got to give you some length. Absolutely. Right. Now he's going up against Dustin's favorite guy in the world, you Darvish and you Darvish. The season's made 10 starts. He's three and four. Uh, he got hit around pretty good by the Yankees last time. 2.2 innings gave up seven earned runs against the nationals. He went six innings, gave up three runs against KC. He gave up four runs in six innings and in 5.1 innings. So, you know, he's not really had the world's greatest start this year. He's not pitching like an ace. And so, 
you know, I like I would say that that you know Smiley's kind of struggled a little bit lately. I, I see the same with you, Darvish. So I'm hoping you know you Darvish was looking. I think had a real good run uh, run from mid March, mid April to mid March, starting to fall off lately. And so I would I would hope that the Cubs have an opportunity. But you Darvish is a, is still a pretty wily pitcher in my opinion. Oh yeah, he's still got a lot in the tank. I just I would like the Cubs to get to him. That's all. Absolutely, and it can get done. You know, patient at bats and don't fall behind in counts, and and that can always help you out. You know, absolutely. So game three, we got Marcus Stroman versus Ryan Weathers. Stroh, we talked about it. Last two starts have just been phenomenal. You had a nine-inning, one-hitter shutout against Tampa Bay. And then before that against the Mets, he went eight innings and he gave up two runs. And before that against Philly, he went six innings and gave up one run. So Marcus Stroman has just been on fire lately, have been super impressed uh, all year, but it just, it seems like every time we think that he can't get any better, somehow he just kind of one ups us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think he's going to be still motivated. I think he's going to like facing that uh, Padres lineup, a bunch of big names that have underperformed so far for them all year. Yeah. And so the next, he's going to be going against a kid that we don't, we've never seen Ryan Weathers. Uh, he has made a total of six starts. He's one and three with a 428 ERA. He was called up by the Padres on May 18th. So he hasn't had a ton of starts in the big leagues against Miami went four innings. He only gave up three runs uh, against Washington, six innings. He gave up four runs and against the Dodgers, he went 5.2 and he gave up four earned runs. So it seems like, uh, you know, he's somebody you can get to, Hey, you want to feel old Dustin? He is the son of former pitcher David Weathers. Well, when I saw Weathers' last name, I said, it's no way it's David Weathers. So I figured that had to be the case. Yeah. So <laughs> it, I don't know, man. It's it's always hard. Like now you see like sometimes the son and the grandsons of pitchers that you, you know, you remembered playing. You just say, oh, God, yeah. I'm getting old here. Speaking of old, the old man, Kyle Hendricks, the professor coming off of, like I said, I thought that this start, the second start that he had was really good. He went five innings against Tampa Bay, gave up uh, six hits, one earned run. And then against the Mets, his first time back, he went 4.1, gave up six hits and three earned runs. But I thought he looked much more composed, much more at ease with himself in the second game, bouncing back. So I, I'm looking for the next, uh, another step forward with him so far in his development. Uh, the Cubs are going to be facing Blake Snell, who is awful right now. Just really, really struggling. He's one and six he's, with a five. He's their version ERA. of Jamison Tyone. <laughs> well, it's weird. If you remember, we had the guy uh, talking Friars on last yep. time when they played in April, and he said, "Look, there's first half Snell and there's second half Snell, and first half Snell sucks." And so that's what you're seeing right here. But last start, Dustin against Washington, no decision, five innings pitch. He gave up one earned run. He had six strikeouts but four walks against Boston. He went four innings, gave up six earned runs. Uh, five strikeouts with two walks and with the Dodgers he went six innings gave up two earned runs but also four walks and four strikeouts so he's walking a lot of guys and so you have to make him pay if he's going to be doing that against the Cubs oh yeah. you can't yes. you know you, you got well, again but that's the Cubs problem right hitting with runners in scoring position right and, and until they fix that problem they're not going to be getting to 500 right absolutely right all right Crowley let's get into uh a little hot and not ahead of our predictions. Hot, hot, hot. Seiya Suzuki keeps it going. Seven hits his last 20 at bats. He's got a double. Uh, he is batting, slashing 350, 458, and slugging 400 in the last seven days. Uh, so you want to just keep – I mean, Seiya has been, like I said, really impressive. How about Mike Talkman doing okay? 20 at bats, uh, seven hits. He's got the same number of hits as Seiya Suzuki, three RBIs. Seems to be coming through clutch. He's hitting 350, 462, 350. So not a lot of slug, but he's making a lot of contact and he's driving in runs. I think he's having good at bats. I wish more Cubs would be having his approach to how he's doing things right now. Yep. His approach is uh his approach, Crowley, as you just pointed out, excellent. Approach is excellent right now. Um, not excellent right now. Christopher <laughs> Morrell is struggling. One yes. for his last 18, eight strikeouts to one uh, one walk. He is slugging. His slash line is 0 .056, 0 .105, 0 
0.056. So, ouch. I, I, I don't know what to say, Dustin. Um, not, you know, this is, and the other guy that we have on here, Patrick Wisdom, three for his last 19, two home runs and five RBIs. But uh, these are guys that, you know, get are very streaky. At least with Wisdom, you have a consistency as far as he will get you more, uh, more walks and he will be uh, less cold than what you see with morale. He's slugging, he's hitting 158, 200, but he's slugging 474. So whenever he does make content, ball goes far, you know? Yeah, ball goes far. But unfortunately, there's also uh, a lot of strikeouts to go along with it. All right, for the uh, for the Padres, hot and not. You knew Juan Soto. I mean, he hasn't had a lot of at-bats. They've kind of been mixing them up. But in the last 12 at-bats, he has five hits, one double, four RBIs. So he's slashing 417, 650, 750. So you, you want to be careful there. Xander Bogarts, he's starting to kind of get a little bit back. And that's why I just kind of put a little asterisk next to him right now. Nine, he's got five hits and 19 at bats, two RBIs, but he's 263, 300, 263. So he's not that hot, but he was struggling for a little while. All right. And the uh, knots. If we're taking a look at the knots, um, Matt Carpenter, him of the crappy salsa. Make sure you get your salsa from the Salsa King. But Matt Carpenter is one, he's got two for his last 18. He's slashing 111, 158, 222. So not good. And then Fernando Tatis has only four hits in the last 22 at bats 182, 284, 55. He does have two home runs and four RBIs. So I don't know. You know, maybe he's doing it natural this time. Maybe he's not. I don't know. You know, it's not my fault. I have, to, I have to guess. Yeah, we have to guess. We have to question. There's no doubt about that. All right, Crowley, but, let's get it. But let's get it. Just one more thing really quick. Right. No Manny right. Machado because he's injured. He was Machado was um, in the lineup last time the Cubs faced. No Manny Machado this time. So just keep that in mind. And that's good news, right? He's all, you know, he's yeah, dangerous. Rather he's not a dangerous player. Rather, <laughs> not, uh, rather not have to play against him. All right, Crowley, here we go. Prediction time. Four big games on the West Coast against the Padres. Everybody knows where I'm going. I'm going Splitsville, baby. Two and two. I don't. I hate four game series. I, I hate them as bad as Mondays, and I hate them as bad as vegetables. They just they're, they're the worst thing in the world. So I'll just again, unless there's unless one team's extremely hot or another team's extremely cold, I'll always go with the split. Yeah, I think a split is the right call, but I do like vegetables, Carly. Sorry. Um, but yeah, the uh the split is where it's at. I think uh I think the bear the Cubs can get a, a split out there, and that would be a good start because I do believe they're going to face Otani on the mound uh potentially when they're out in California as well. I, I, the way I'm looking at it right now, you you got that Strowman versus Ryan Weathers start. I think that's one that you should kind of hope for. And I, I would like to see Kyle Hendricks, like I said, take that next step, maybe go six innings, a couple less walks, just start to get a little bit more fine-tuned against Blake Snell. I feel like Drew Smiley and Hugh Darvish could be a toss-up game, and I, I don't have a lot of faith in Jameson Tyone until he proves otherwise. Yeah, Friday doesn't look great, right? Mm -mm. <laughs> Enjoy your Friday night, right? Yeah. All right, Crowley, two and two. Well, fingers crossed. Have a great uh, weekend. We'll get back at it. Uh, that's the, I don't know exactly when we're going to – our next podcast in, but we'll try to do something in between with, uh, with night games and schedules getting in the way, but we'll, uh, we'll stay, we'll stay in communication with our, uh, with our listeners. Just make sure guys, you put a lot of coffee on the, on the on pet kettle and, uh, stay awake and try to watch these games. And if not, we'll give you the wrap up right here and go Cubs. It's all over.